Hey, Hardcourt Honey listeners, back with a new episode after a little break. As usual, we have the hard-nosed and opinionated Jade and me, TJ, the moderator, to control this craziness. So, Jade, after this break, how's it going? Doing all right. Well, that's good. Been there. Been keeping up with everything, considering what we're going to be talking about today? Of course. Well, I think today's topic, I think everyone knows, if you've been following the NBA, even remotely, is it's back. It is finally, officially, they've decided it's back. Jade, I'm going to ask your initial opinion on how did you first react when you heard it? Like the first thing you did, 31st. Yeah, I was excited. There's finally a date that I can mark on my calendar. I can count back from. uh, We always knew that the the NBA was going to try and be back and try and finish the season. I don't think that was ever really in doubt. Um, But it was nice to have a, a definite timeline for that. It's something that it wasn't a yes or no. It was finally like, okay, I now can focus on it. Because for me, it was either if it doesn't go, okay, at least I know it's not going to be there. Finally, there's a decision. But so going to break it down real quick. Then I'll ask you, Jay, what you think about it. Okay, so it's 22 teams for the playoff bracket. It's going to start in July. And then by the end of it all, it's going to be about mid-October for the finals to end, the season to end. So, and also 29 teams wanted it. Only one team was against it, and that was Portland because um, they went with what the players were doing. 13 West Coast to East, West Coast, Western Conference teams, nine Eastern Conference teams. Um, the ones that are sitting on the outside bubble that are going to be scraping in for it are the Wizards, which is the only Eastern Conference team, Portland, San Antonio, Phoenix, the Pelicans, and Sacramento. So, how do you think? Jade, what do you? How do you like that setup? How it is with the just the bottom few teams? Because th- those are teams that were within six games of the playoffs. Yeah, I think that was the best option for everybody. Because I totally understand the bottom teams being like, why are we going to go to Orlando if we have no chance anyways, and risk injury and go through all of that if we're already out of the play if we're already out of the playoffs? Like enough of the season was played that we knew some of those teams didn't have a shot. And but for the teams that did have a shot, I I think it's fair. It's fair to give them that option of let's see if you can make up those six games or even for positioning at the bottom of the Western Conference, for sure. Like the final positioning was not set. The positioning in the Eastern Conference above seven is pretty well set. There's quite a bit of space. Yeah, that's why. Uh, Wizard was I, going right. But in the Eastern Conference. It wasn't a given who was going to end up 6th, 7th, 8th. So I think it was a good idea. It was a good compromise for in a difficult situation to try and figure out. Exactly. And then that yeah, that bottom rung, even in the Western Conference, is still all of those teams would have been in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So I get why Western Conference is uh, more heavy with that. Also, one thing, one of the things that I like about how they're doing it is so they're going to be in this, the – Orlando Bubble is what it's called in the ESPN Worldwide Sports Center. Um, there's going to be five to six games a day, and how it's set up is pretty much like AAU tournament. So there's going to be a game, and then there's going to be a couple of hours so they can clean up. Everyone can get warm-ups in and everything like that. 
and then the next game. And there's going to be three courts. So there, and there's going to be one day where teams will have back-to-back games. So everyone's going to be getting that extra bit. How do you like that setup as it being kind of like a tournament, old school tournament mode? Um, I don't have a lot of experience with that because I don't really watch college ball too much. We don't get it televised up here quite as much either. Uh, so it's going to be kind of a new experience for me. I think it'll be interesting to see multiple games happening kind of at the same time in, mm-hmm. in close quarters as opposed to, you know, in all different cities the way that it works in the NBA now. Um, I think it'll be exciting. It'll, I think it's a good... You know, this the season's already been so unique, so it, it seems fitting that ending it is going to have to be equally unique. Yeah, yeah. It it reminds me of my days of playing tournament basketball. I loved that style, but I think one thing I think without so there's no no crowd with it. I think it's going to add more intensity because there's nothing to distract the players from the outside. It's just right there. Right. So you're going to see new mentalities from players. Well, and I think it's going to affect some players in ways that we might not be expecting. I think the players that really feed off the crowd are going to struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're I don't know if without that crowd energy, they're going to be able to get into that headspace where they play really well when that's something that they rely on. One person I think that might thrive and this is a dark horse, and then also because I'm just a huge fan of him, wherever he's been. Um, Carmelo Anthony. We've all seen Hoodie Mello in just empty courts or, like, in just these, like, high-end basketball games with NBA players. And the guy puts buckets with without people watching. With people watching, he's just chucking up shots. He's building up houses with bricks. But huh. Interesting. So you think he's distracted by the crowd? I think at this point, yes, because he feels like he has this expectation that he has to fulfill for the crowd and everything, too, not just for him. Like, he feels like he has something to do for the audience. Once he's on his own court, it's just focusing on him and his game. Right. But that's just me with it. I could be horribly wrong with that (laughs) because I have no idea who the guy is in real life. I like his game, even though it's very one-sided. Um but his Denver days. I hate Denver, but I loved him so much. I actually cared about that team for his stint there. That's how much I care. Uh, but speaking of players that, because Carmelo Anthony's pretty set with it from what I've heard, but players with hesitations from it. Kyrie Irving is leading the way. Jade, I know you have some hard-hitting opinions on this. <laughs> right now, this opinion or this question is a pinata i give you the bat to go at it what is your take with Kyrie on that okay so as a woman of color this is probably going to be fairly unpopular um but i don't think they should not play because of what's going on and i have a couple reasons for that my first reason is thousands of people have been out of work since march who rely on the nba And some of those people are going to have an opportunity to get back to work in the bubble. Um, I think it's as unfortunate as everything is, and as vehemently as I disagree with the way police uh, treat people of color in the U.S. more, but it happens in Canada too. I don't think not going back to work is a solution. Um, I also question the idea that they think it's going to be a distraction. 
because they're the people with the mic in front of their face before games, after games. If you don't want it to to lose spotlight, the spotlight on it on national TV where everyone's going to be watching. I don't th- I think the idea that it's going to be a distraction is a little bit short-sighted. Um, and then finally, I feel like they're only calling to not resume play over this because it had already been stopped. Because how many more high-profile situations have there been over years now where a Black person was killed by law enforcement or by someone and they never said we need to stop playing basketball then. So I just feel like it's it. the only reason they're doing it now is because basketball happened to already have been stopped because of COVID. Um, and if they thought they could make an impact on it in any other year, they should be able to make an impact on it this year and still go back to playing. Okay. I will respect that, considering I have a slightly different view of it, considering I come from the city where it is happening with. And I just want to mention to everyone, it is people right now cleaning up the area. I have gone down to help clean up the area that's that's been uh, looted and destroyed. And also uh, the people that have been ca- uh, causing all those issues have been from people out of state. That has been, I just want to start that off. I want to start, set that up. It's an important distinction. People yeah, I just want everyone to know that the real things that go on are during the day when everyone is together. Um, but to go off of that, um, as I, like, I wanted, a basketball I was excited for, but I know that the reason why this one, why this situation with George Floyd blew up was Minnesota's had some serious issues with this over the past few years, even just going back to, I mean, one of them, Philando Castile, where he was gun owner, horrible accident, or just issue. Yeah. Um, and this last George Floyd incident was the last thing that broke the camel's back. And that's why, for me at least, I'm thinking, I feel like this might take away from the attention from it. Because um, I actually know, I work with a guy who knew both those guys because they worked together at the same nightclub. So I have a little bit different view off off of it once I learned and saw everything from the first hand. I get the importance that it can help people get themselves through this very hard time because it gives them a little bit of hope, some normalcy from past things. But I get where Kyrie is coming from where I don't want this issue to go away. But I understand your point, Jade, 100%, that, okay, if you're going to play then, keep on talking about it then. Make the media annoyed with you if you don't want this situation to go. So, Jade, I do like your take on that. So, But uh, on a lighter note, there are some players that are very excited to come back, which is also great to hear because then um, everyone then is it's going to I think it might add an extra excited energy for players that are ready to play, which is probably most of them. Do you think that, Jade? Yeah, like, and I don't even think that the players that are, like, in Kyrie's camp don't want to play. I'm pretty sure they still want to play. True, um, true. But, yeah, for those that do come back, like, I don't think... Somebody asked me if I thought there was a chance that it was going to get shut down, and I don't think I see that happening. 
Um, not especially not after all of the work that's already gone into to figure out how to do it. I think they're going to get some kind of option of not playing and they're going to have amnesty from whatever penalties that might be in as part of the collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of the most likely thing I see happening. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think the players that are ready to come back, I think they, they'll have been itching for it for so long. I know especially for, for me as a Raptors fan, I know the Raptors want to play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Gasol's lost a bunch of weight. Kyle Lowry looks amazing. Um, Which is so very like, key for them. Yeah. Like, he came back in the best shape of his career a few years ago. He's in the best shape of his career again now. Like, he looks ridiculous. Well, that's um, good. So, yeah. So, I know from my personal fan base, they're going to be – they're ready to go. Um and I think all the players, I think all the players probably do want to play. And I respect that they want to make sure that attention is not taken away because it is, it's an important issue and it, it's long past time that it was properly dealt with. Yes, 100%. And I do understand also the fear they have. You have to, Kyrie was on a team that was tested positive for COVID too. Because another thing that's included with this being in this bubble is they can't leave. Mm-hmm. And they can't see any. They can't see love. They can't see their friends, family, anything like that. Um, well, family's allowed to show up after the first week or so, aren't they? Yeah, after the first. Um, yeah, after the first, I think it was ten days. Ten days. Yes. Okay. I'm just looking at a Woj report with it. Okay. It says will not be allowed to leave the bubble environment without a ten day quarantine upon their return to Disney grounds. But they have. Yeah, after the first like week or so, they do have a, a chance to go out. But if they have to leave for any other reason for that, then they have a ten day ten day court. Right. Which I mean, that's kind of to be expected under the circumstances. I don't oh. I don't think anybody's saying like, well, this is unreasonable or like it's really the only way they can make it work. It's not ideal, obviously, but nothing about this year has been ideal. No, yeah, everything about this season has been up and down. Uh but you mentioned something that I was all, I was just about to bring up. So the collective bargaining agreement. There has been rumors that I saw from Woj and a couple other spots that there could possibly, after this is all said and done, could be a possible lockout. Do you see that potentially happening? Oh. Because there are play, right now the idea is players will take a 25% pay cut for the rest of the season. Okay. So because. Major, uh, I think I saw from what I think it was 40% comes from fan revenue. Yep. So this is to cut to at least make it more the NBA break even than make money this year. Which right. I mean, after this point, if you can just break even on the on the year, by all means. But you're doing, you're doing good. Like some like entire sports leagues have been shut down over this already. Yep. MLB might never recover. XFL is done. Like I'm happy about that because I hate Vince <laughs> McMahon. He's a horrible piece of human garbage. I don't know anything about it beyond oh, that. The documentary on how he treats his wrestlers. Oh my gosh! Unless you're a top star, you have no insurance, and when you're done, he throws you away like an old dog. <laughs> He's oh my gosh! Um, but he makes yeah. up for being a villain, and he knows it's- it. If the NBA can break even, like, that's just more kudos to Adam Silver and, and whoever he works with as commissioner. That will be 
and that's impressive if you can break even in a season like this. Well, because at the beginning of it all, I know Silver instead of originally instead of the players taking a cut, the higher like the league like the higher ups like him, the VP, all those other like higher up uh, front office people, they took the pay cut first, which that yeah. actually made me really respect the NBA even more, being like, no, we're a league. We're a players' league. While you have teams like like the NFL, where it was the players that in in the MLB, I think even players took the cut. Yeah. Because they don't want the higher ups didn't want to touch their pockets, which I think it yeah, might. Yeah, they're, they're still know. debating that. They're still trying to figure that out right now, and that is that is the issue from what I've read is that the the players they're wanting the players to take larger cuts and them to take the owners to take. None, basically. And that's, if anything, both of them, both take cuts. Because you yeah. guys, they're still making, at least in the NBA, even if you're on a veteran minimum contract, you're still making $2 million. Yeah. Uh, like, you can't live on $2 million a year. Something is wrong with you. Exactly. I get some of the players that are on, like, two-way contracts where unless they're playing their NBA games, they're not getting paid, like, at all. Right. But... At the same time, that's not most of the league. No, it's a it's a very small number. Ex- exactly. That's and so I could see with other sports because like I know baseball since there's so many different minor leagues and stuff like that. That okay, if that minor league player isn't playing, that is zero income for them, and they were barely yeah. scratching by to begin with. Right. So even G leaguers, I'm curious on how the G league will take the rest of the season because I haven't heard too much on that. If there, do you know if their season's done, Jade? I'd be surprised if they finish. I, I, I would be surprised if it finishes. I think they'll probably scrap it. They scrap it for the rest of the year, which yeah. I was kind of thinking, just because it's. I don't like the. I don't want to say those games for G League are important are pointless, but the end game for that is for them to be in the NBA. I don't want to have a yeah. career-ending injury in a G League game that prevented me. Exactly. Prevented me. In a, and there is one thing, speaking of G League players, um, you can't, there is allowed, um, before like the playoffs officially start, you still can sign players. So okay. it's like the end of the season, like, okay. So there's players like J.R. Smith, Jamal Crawford, players that are still can prove value in closing seconds and stuff uh, that are out there. So I'm excited to see who is going to get picked up because yeah, I know there's a handful. Uh, of the ones that you know, Jade, which players would you want to see back? I don't even know that I know enough players who are not signed. Like once they, once they are out and they're not signed anymore, like they kind of leave my consciousness until somebody starts talking about them. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's not playing anywhere right now. No. Yeah. No, yeah. I was, I was thinking that cause I thought, Oh man, J.R. Smith would be fine. But then I also remember, like, one of the last moments he had when he was playing was him holding the ball. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And LeBron just being, why? Yeah. That's why, why? God, that's that's why we made him Dory in our belly up basketball players as as uh, Disney characters article that, that we did. <laughs> He's that Dory. makes sense. <laughs> I think it's funny. LeBron James is a part of some of the greatest finals moments ever with the first one being the block. Like I will forever remember that chase down block. And then also the greatest mess up of all time in finals history as that scene. He's in both those moments. And I yeah. think it's great. 
you have a okay, so great, like one of the best moments ever in the finals, and then one of the worst moments ever in the finals. Um, I was gonna ask. So you we were talking about the lockout. I don't. I'm not super. I don't understand all the times the reasons for a lockout. So what is it about this season that instead of just going back to playing because because they, they don't want to take a pay cut because the revenue's not going to be there? Yes, that's from from what I was understanding um, from uh, reading, and this is me coming from zero economic knowledge. That yeah. was kind of from what I understood. Yeah, you know me. I really know my economy, that Dow and everything. Yeah, most of it goes over my head too. So yeah, yeah. but from what I understand, it was something like that. Uh, because like even the best players in the league, like LeBron James and Steph Curry, uh, they are actually take they'll be taking pay cuts too. Yeah. And like it's affecting contracts that are already set up. So that's where the shift would be to make up, yeah, for the lost revenue and then. The uh, the the shift though would then also well if they did do that when would they go back to what the revenue they had before or, right they're uh, just it, like I feel like they're just prolonging their ability to ramp things back up if they if they decide not to play to begin the next season no yeah exactly because because it they were like like you said they rely so much on fan revenue with it if you can at least get a a good chunk of a season in like. Uh, why not take out as as much as you can? Because that Turner contract I signed with the NBA, the NBA will eventually, if they do play their cards right, they will be back. It will be fine yeah, again. They will sure. be then. So that's one thing I I hope they take into consideration where, okay, maybe for the next two years, maybe, there might be a little bit of a pay cut thing. Yeah. But then players just, okay, fine, if you have an issue with the contract, sign short contract. And then by the time when that agreement comes back, look for the big contract again. Yeah. Because if it's only like a two-season thing, well, more than likely you're going to be still good after those two years. Right. And it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those privileged things that comes with being a celebrity and being a sports star and being, like, I have, I don't feel bad for them, like, I've been broke, broke, broke in my life, and I could make my life really amazing on a fraction of what they make. Oh, yeah. So I just, I understand that there's the whole argument of, oh, they entertain so many people, and that means they should make exponentially more, blah, blah, blah. I understand that argument. I think it's crap, but I understand where it comes from. But, like, we're talking, we're not talking about some little thing that, was unique to basketball players having to deal with that threw things off this year. We're talking about a global pandemic. And if you can't look at that and go, you know what, let's adjust so that we can get back to normal as soon as possible. I don't know. I just don't feel bad. I don't feel bad about like, take a pay cut. We took, I took a pay cut. My family took a pay cut and we didn't have lots of extra money to throw around in the first place. Yeah, and very true. It's it's if you're throwing around that much money to begin with, you're gonna be one of those players that they're gonna have like on the side spots on clutch points, being like, check out these nine players that went from millionaires to nothing or whatever. You're gonna end up being in that article there, and yeah, no one exactly. wants to be in that one because nine times out of ten, that player then went down a very dark path, and you don't want to see that. Um, but do you do you think? We're gonna see with with the 
with no fans, and we I know we touched on this a little bit. Do you think just overall playing style from the like forget about the energy, but just like the overall just will they be putting up 120 points a game, or will it be more like oh it's 100 to 108? So you think maybe they might be a little bit more of a defense thing? Will the offense be affected? Yeah, I'm not sure specifically in offense, defense, how it'll work out. What my feeling is, is that it might be more like playground ball. And that's... Than, right? And whether that means it's going to be more defense or less offense, I'm not really sure how that's going to play out. But I just feel like it's going to feel more like pickup game. It's going to... With I, coaches I, and reps. I hope it's like the athletic talent of today but with kind of that physical play a little bit of, like, the 90s stuff. So I'm curious if maybe it's going to be like that. Like, are we going to see some Rucker Park stuff on that? Because that would be awesome. (laughs) Do you see a lot more technicals since there's also going to be a lot less distraction they can focus? If it's, say, it's a lot more like a a pickup game and it gets more physical, are there going to be players yelling more? I think so, because I think part of knowing what you're allowed to say and not allowed to say comes from there being a lot of eyes. And I have a feeling that without all those thousands and thousands of sets of eyes on you for the duration of the game, I I mean, I think some players are just disciplined enough that it's going to be business as usual. Mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be that range between the business as usual guys, the guys that take some adjusting and then I think there's going to be guys that are just completely different in this environment than we've ever seen them before. And I'm, I'm excited to see the adjustments that all these players are going to have to make with it. Because it's going to affect every single player. For good yeah. or for bad, it's going to affect you. I'm, I'm excited to hear, since they're not going to hear the audience droning out. Whenever you heard games, you can kind of occasionally hear like the token word. You're like, oh, oh, audio didn't catch that one. I yeah. think with no, just hearing the squeaks of the shoes, I want to hear what the players are yelling. Not even at the other opponents, but just at each other. Each other, yes. That's what I want to hear, is to each other. I know that more than likely they're going to be talking crap to their opponent. I want to hear when one of the players screws up. I want to hear LeBron James screaming at Danny Green for missing a assignment. <laughs> See, and for me, it's interesting because the Raptors are such a good defensive team. And you know, as basketball fans, that that takes communication. So that would be interesting for me to be able to hear what is it that goes into their ability to be so good defensively? What what is what does that communication actually sound like? Um, speaking of the, the Raptors defense, I don't know if you know this. You might. But is it true that Ibaka knows like five different languages, five languages. And True, yeah. like so i know with like gasol he speaks spanish, spanish. together and then he, he speaks french to pascal i was gonna say he him and pascal yeah. speak together and then doesn't he have like one other language too that he he's speaks got, with he's got an african language uh his language from congo where he's from english and i'm trying to remember what the fifth one is I can't remember what the fifth one is, but yeah, he's fluent in, in a I, bunch I, of languages. I think that's the biggest appeal of him being a defensive leader is, yes, he could still block shots, but lost a little bit of his athleticism. But when you can control a defense by using multiple languages multiple yeah. languages, and not messing up, 
And when you have two defensive minds and uh, Mark and Sir together, speaking yeah. French, I mean, not French, Spanish, no one knows what's going on. That's not fair. Yeah. And then uh, to have pieces so no, around them that are solid defenders, too. Like, OG Ananobi is a lockdown defender. Kyle Lowry ne- almost never misses up, messes up defensive coverages. Uh, Pascal's getting – Pascal's not up there quite yet, but he's not a liability defensively he's, either. He's getting the intangibles. He's still young. Yeah. Defense, for me at least, whenever I see a young player, is one of the last things for a, a player to develop. Yeah. That's usually for me. Either you already have the defensive talent or else it's something where, oh, you got to build up to it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of – there's no like, oh, yeah, they're, they're okay. It's like, no, either you're bad or you're already really good. Once you're in the NBA – once you're yeah. uh, and they're young, but uh, speaking of Lowry, I do have a little side note that makes happy. I went through a list today. I saw online of the of every team over the past 20 years of like biggest regret of not trying like staying the course with them. Memphis's yeah. biggest screw up was Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> their biggest screw up was letting him go, letting him go. So speaking of Kyle Lowry, I don't know if you've seen your Twitter, but I think it's a good time to shout out one of our favorite guests, Chaka, who messaged me yesterday uh, on a start-bench-cut combination of Lonzo Ball, Jamal Murray, and Kyle Lowry. And he added me because he was apologizing that he would cut Kyle Lowry. And so we went back and forth a bit, and he ended up going, I bet you can't find a non-Raptors fan that agrees with you. So I tagged you, I tagged Ryan Hicks, our hardcore hunky, and my buddy Mike, my buddy Mike Parent, also from Belly Up Sports. And I'm two for three, because they both agreed with me, and you're the only one that hasn't weighed in yet. Well, this is going to be a mixed one, because I'm going to have a heartless and a brainless. Okay. So my brainless... I have both of those lists. <laughs> no, yeah, I know, yeah. I mean, so my brain goes, Kyle, you start. Murray, you bench, you cut Lonzo. My heart, and I will defend why I have it like this. So one is still Kyle Lowry, because I'm already a fan of him. I've always been a fan of him. And you know I'm still a Raptors fan to begin with. They're like they're in my top three favorite teams still. And then I put Lonzo Ball there because I love so he may get a lot of trash for his shooting. But he's one of the smartest offense when it comes to just IQ. He's one of the smartest. I really like him. I really like him. I think he's got some developing to do, but I think he has potential to be really, really good. My like my like bar for him is if best case situation for him, Jason Kidd, because Jason oh, yeah. Kidd picked up a three point game right at his end of the tenure with New Jersey, and then when he went to Dallas again, he picked up a three point shot. If He's also a good defender, too. So if Lonzo can just work on that shot more, which he has, work on it a little bit more, make the consistent three-point shot so people can at least have to cut up on you, man up on you, that's going to open up so much for Zion, too, and Brandon Ingram. Like So, yes, yeah, so bench Lonzo because, okay, he's coming off the bench. I still got a floor general. Cut Jamal yeah. Murray because he is an arrogant tool. <laughs> he is such an arrogant tool. It was it was Lonzo Ball's rookie season. I remember him and uh, uh, he, Lonzo was about to go, like, give him a high five, end of the game, he's dribbling. And then Jamal Murray just swipes the ball from him while, like, while Lonzo was going to give him a high five. And he goes up and dunks it off of 
like Denver won like 20 points up. And I was like, you dick. God. And so ever since then, I was just like, no. So like I said, my heart, bench, bench ball, cut that tool, Murray. But that's. All right, Chuck. I'm three for three. I will be tagging you when we publish this. I'm sorry, Chaka. So that, I, I, really, I should have put five bucks on this because I only tagged three of you guys and you all three agreed with me. So, <laughs> Like I said, it's the logic part and then there's also a heart part. I want to ask who, what... My I, argument was that like Ball and Murray, even though both talented for sure, neither of them are proven. Kyle Lowry's a multiple-time NBA All-Star, undisputed heart and soul of a championship NBA team. And like, really, you're gonna you're gonna bench that guy and keep those two kids that have have no track record of being able to do anything yet? Like your Toronto Raptors team. So my second favorite team is the Warriors. I've been a fan of them for over ten years still. But when it was that your Toronto Raptors, that squad against the my Warriors, I wanted Toronto to win. The only reason why I didn't want them to win, because I was really annoyed with Kawhi Leonard. But every other player on that list, like, I want Kyle Lowry to win one. I want Mark Gasol to win one. I want Serge Ibaka to win one. Like, I had this list of players where I was like, I want to win. I want them to win at least one. Because then, for sure, there's going to be no discussion for how vital they were with their... Like, Serge Ibaka's not going to make the Hall of Fame. But this is going to add another thing to Marcus Gasol's list for his Hall of Fame resume. It's yeah, going to add something sure. else to Kyrie, or Kyle Lowry, who I think he was going to be a Hall of Famer anyways. But I think it was going to be like third ballot, fourth ballot, kind of a couple of years on it through. I could see him, I don't know, first, but definitely second round because he's got that title now. Yeah. So it was all those things I wanted everyone to see for that Toronto Raptor. So I was just like, once especially uh, Warriors started going down, I was like, oh, yeah, I already said <laughs> and then also you guys beat the 76ers which that made me so happy oh that was it was so funny I was talking about this with another Raptors fan about that game and the way that series ended and it was almost like winning the final was almost anticlimactic after the way the series against Philadelphia ended because it was just so epic oh yeah well it didn't help that like with when you guys were in the finals it was a dramatic fall of the Warriors. Like, if yeah. what that team would have been like if they went to the finals, they wouldn't even made the playoffs. The way that they just went down, down, and you guys were like, wait, really? Oh, this is super easy. <laughs> like, you guys played the hard games throughout the playoffs, and then once yeah. you got to the finals, it was more of a, here's the reward for dealing with all of that stuff. Yeah. Through the dramatic yeah. fashions. Here you go. Here's an easy finals for you. <laughs> You know what? Let's make it easier. Let's have some serious crippling injuries for star players. <laughs> Which, with for those players like Clay Thompson, like he was, he could have come back in March and stuff. He's forced to rehab even more. Yeah. So, I mean, it's only beneficial for the Warriors. They still get that good pick plus uh, Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson coming. Yeah, back. they're going to be a problem next time we have a, a, an actual proper season. The Warriors are going to, like, I, this year was a blip. They're going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about Wiggins, too, which, yeah. I I mean, he didn't do anything real special for the Timberwolves. I still hope the best for him. 
I still like the guy. He's, who was I, the, he's in the right situation now because the Timberwolves needed him and Cat to be leaders, and that wasn't. He, that Wiggins he, doesn't have that. Wiggins so has. It, the Wiggins mentality, I think he has. He, Talent-wise, is not on this level, but it's like the Kevin Durant where I don't want the media attention. I just want to play basketball. Yeah. And when I can just play basketball, I'm I'm straight bucket. But when yeah. Wiggins it doesn't have the talent where Kevin Durant, where like even when he's having an annoying day, he's still going to put up 25 points. Wiggins, yeah. if he gets annoyed or just gets bored... You can go. You can get 28 from him one game, and then the next game you get 10, and that's a very common occurrence. I think he's going to be a lot more consistent. I think the veteran oh, guys like Curry and Clay is exactly what he needs. He needs. He has two players that can space him out for sure in Clay Thompson and Curry. And Draymond Green, as much as he slowed down with a lot of things, he's still a good passer. Wiggins yeah. has that open lane, like. There's going to be a lot of easy layups and dunks for Wiggins. Sure, for sure. But, okay, well, I think we should kind of dial it back since we still got the last part of the fast break. Um, I will include myself this week with my opinion since it's just me and Jade going at it one-on-one. Okay, so first question. The thing you're looking forward to most for basketball being back? Um, Just basketball. I miss – so even in a normal basketball year – by like September, I'm like getting basketball withdrawal and I'm like, I'm digging for information, like anything. So like just it being back is kind of enough for me, I think right now. I just, I miss basketball whenever there isn't basketball. I, one thing, I miss basketball so much. I'm looking for, like when I, I am looking forward to it. He's still a mess, but I was missing basketball so much. So I have 2K20 for my PlayStation, but <laughs> I got the other day, because I wanted basketball to go, Nintendo was having a great sale. Like it was like 70% off, so it was oh, like nice. 20 bucks or something like that. I downloaded the game, so I was like, I now have two forms of basketball of the same game. <laughs> the only thing I told myself though was, okay, this is the only basketball game I'm getting for my Switch. It's the only one. I just want basketball. Nice. Okay, next question. One thing you're, that scares you about the NBA coming back? I I wouldn't say it scares me, but I hate that the Raptors, who people already think are like, oh, you got a lucky championship, ended up having this season to defend their title. Because even if they win, it's still going to be a, oh, well, yeah, sure, you got two, but look at the two seasons it happened in. I One thing that scares me is... That it just because this is a high risk, high reward thing. If this does not work out like everyone expects it, it's going to be very bad for the players in the league. So that is my big thing is if this doesn't go as planned, which there are some variables that might. But considering who is controlling it in, we trust with Adam Silver. So if there's yeah. someone that's going to help us through, it's going to be Adam Silver, which NBA has been lucky that they've had two great missionaries back then. So for sure. That's the, that's the other thing. But last thing, after you've thought up everything, weighed out the pros and cons officially, I'm assuming, do you want it back? Be honest. With yeah, I would like to see the, the season finish. See the finish. Do you like, is it ideally of it coming back? Is this kind of how you wanted it to come back, an idea like this? Or... Finish out how the season was going to go 
and then just kind of continue with what it usually does. Yeah, I think ideally you wanted things to finish the way it usually would, like play off the rest of the games, especially because the ability to, to have done that means that COVID was less horrible than it actually has been in reality, right? Because all that extra time that we had to be shut down by necessity just to how big of a problem this was, how many people have been affected by it, how many people have have lost their lives because of it. Um, So like, yeah, in a big picture way, it would have been nice if they could have done everything. But under the circumstances, I think what they've come up with is a really good job of getting the best of everything that was possible. Mm -hmm. Getting, they still can get everyone's approval or fans being like, we get basketball back, but you're still also looking out for the players with. So as much as I'm hesitant with it coming back, I'm good. I'm happy about it. Like you, you swayed my opinion earlier about, well, you're still going to have all the mics in your face. Be annoying with it. Keep on bringing it up. Because that's the only way that it's still going to be around is if we still have to bring it up with every, yeah. so social issues and then also COVID. Still got to take, like you just said now, we still got to take that seriously. But if they're going to do it, they I think they did a very good job of getting creative and making it sure that, okay, we're going to do it smart, it's going to be entertaining, and we're going to be safe. Yeah. They did, they, I think they, they hit all three of those quite well, so... Okay, we got the topic all set. We got it all. We got our opinions in. Officially, it's back. NBA. Jade and I are excited to wrap it up. Anything else you got to finally say for us today there, Jade? Just don't forget to check out Hardcore Honeys Presents hashtag NBA Twitter. We've been off for a couple weeks, but we will be back Thursday night at 7 p.m. Send us your tweets you'd like us to, to discuss or... Tune in live, and we will discuss your questions live on the air. Awesome, awesome. Well, okay. We have Jade. We got TJ signing off for this week. Have a good week, guys. Take care.